You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Mr. Putin. If I was your brother, I would have beat you up as a child and given you Grandi. What would you do to him, Travis, if you were Putin's brother? If I was a Putin brother, I would beat him up until he puke and then he no attack no one. That's a Putin. If I was his brother, I would say no cereal for you and I would then make him sad and then he wouldn't invade Ukraine. Uh, and then I give him wedgie and then swirly. Oh, well, there's many ways to confront fascism. Anna Lynn McCord did it through poetry. Let's play some. <laughs> Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. <laughs> if I was your mother, you would have been so loved. Is that Held right? in the arms of joyous light. Aww. Never would this story That's not right. the world. She feels like she might be an overbearing mother, to be quite frank. I don't know. I think she is Putin's mother. I think this is the exact mother that creates someone <laughs> like Putin and Trump. There we go. There we go. Joy and nothing would harm. I can't imagine the stain, the soul-stealing pain oh, that the little, the little boy must have seen and believed. He did just fine. He was totally, he actually grew up upper uh, upper class. Right. He was doing just fine. It's all good. It doesn't matter. None of this is real. Is this why you now decide no one will get the best of you? Oh, my gosh. oh all right. I can't have any more of this, Adeline. If I was your brother. Anyway, I would steal all your socks, and then you don't have any socks, and then everyone makes fun of you because now you're Toey Putin. It's funny when the white, she's the white savior, but she's also saving someone white. So it's kind of funny for us. Isn't you know? that nice? I always love that when I see a fascist take over another country, and then my immediate reaction was like, I wish I got to hold him when he was a baby. Did we hug him? I I remember when we were growing up and it's like, if you could have Hitler as a baby, you'd kill him, right? Everyone's like, yeah, we throw him in the fire. Yeah, yeah drown right. him. We choke him. But she, rather, would cuddle him, um, which oh. I don't think she fully understands what makes a monster. <laughs> right. Yes. We have a lot to get to today. We're going to talk about CPAC and we're also going to talk about its conservative. Yes. Hear me out on that. It's <laughs> conservative nemesis. AFPAC. Whoa. Like Indeed. the duck. Not like the Aflac duck. AFPAC. That's where Paul Gozer, uh, Paul Gozer, 
Uh, he gozers there. He gozers there. So clever. So clever. (laughs) (laughs) Gozer, if I was your mother, I would have spanked you so hard, Gozer. And actually, that's probably what happened, which is why that's the only way you can get aroused. Paul Gozer, Marjorie Taylor Greene. CPAC was in town in Florida. What a weekend in Florida it was. <laughs> it was busy. <laughs> AFPAC was also in town. For those that don't know about AFPAC, AFPAC is a further right version of CPAC. And as a matter of fact, there are certain people who are elected officials who believe CPAC is nothing more than Jewish propaganda, which oh, makes boy. zero sense whatsoever. <laughs> And that is the problem. We talk about this all the time where it's like tip of the spear. Someone like an Alex Jones, right? Think Alex Jones, if you on the pyramid of Alex Jones, <laughs> is the smart one. And then it gets dumber from He's there. The apex. Limbaugh, the same. Hannity, the same. I'll even throw Rachel Maddow in there just for fun. Uh, Why not? I'm sorry, Fernando. <laughs> The fact that AFPAC doesn't think that CPAC is conservative enough insane, makes me feel like this country at its very most liberal is center right. <sighs> I, I don't know what to say. It's how can there be CPAC is crazy. See, just even the clips from CPAC. Man, are we're so... going to play some clips from CPAC. <laughs> so the fact you... that that CPAC is considered like the two to right wing, I mean, to left wing event. That's just so crazy to me. I'm scared, Ben. Brother, it's gone scared. off the freaking <laughs> rails. And, oh, and of course, you guys know I have actually attended a CPAC in 2016 uh, when I was still working for uh, that rascal James O'Keefe. They paid for everything. That was the only reason I went. I also got paid to be there. And oh my God, I wore a Bernie shirt around CPAC. I almost got murdered. Those people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't like that very much. But I am happy you got a little bit of money off the blood, off the <laughs> off the bloody hands of James O'Keefe. The Steve Bannon book money. <laughs> it's become so bad for Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gozer or for the Republican Party. Even Senator Mitch McConnell has said that he denounces uh, the fact that Gozer and Taylor Greene went to go speak at this white national event. Now, this event, AFPAC, it is uh, it's for white supremacists. It's anti-Semitic. There was this other politician who actually posted on her social media, which is how all of these wonderful intellectuals engage with us today. And <laughs> right. she actually said that CPAC uh, was a rhino, R-I-N-O. This woman's name is Senator Wendy Rogers. She's an Arizona state senator. She posted a picture on her social media. It says AFPAC. And she's there holding a gun, but the gun isn't the biggest thing. It's mostly this actually very sad, dead African rhino with mm. the word CPAC written on it. And then in the middle of the A is the Jewish star again <laughs> oh, inferring that CPAC is somehow too Semitic. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. All of this, of course, on the heels of what's going on internationally. And obviously, we'll continue to discuss what happens internationally from a local perspective, uh, because we are an American political podcast and how the American politicians and the American political class have responded uh, to Putin's invasion of Ukraine has been absolutely to steal a word again from last podcast. Fascinating. (laughs) But let's play a couple of clips from CPAC. So this is, uh, let's play Donald Trump Jr. number one. Now, Donald Trump Jr., he only play, he only, 
addresses the big issues. You know? <laughs> oh, good, he's, good, good. His, uh, Putin, Ukraine, uh, the budget. I'm sure he's on top of all the big issues. You know, Ukraine, you're close because it rhymes with what he was talking about, which was cocaine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, one of his favorite subjects and things, coincidentally. Specifically crack cocaine. But let's hear what Donald Trump Jr. had to say. I think offhanded. Although then again, I could see this being written in a teleprompter. <laughs> I don't know. And this is during the awake, not woke segment. So this is the awake, not woke segment. But dare I say, it should be awoke, not wake, because they, they messed it up. Right? Uh, awake, not woke. It should be awoke, not woke. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, you know here. me, Ben. I'm, I'm just awake and bake kind of guy. So I know go. you are. All right. Let's play. Well, speaking of waking and baking, let's play what uh, Donald Trump Jr. just professes he doesn't do. Um, although, again, unprompted, leading me to believe he, he might. Crack's not really my thing, but if it was, it would be fine if I was on that side. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Crack's not really my thing, but if it was, it would be fine if I was on that side. Yeah, right. Donald Trump Jr., if I was your mother, I would have breastfed <laughs> you until the day you were 15 years old. <laughs> CPAC was absolutely insane this weekend. Obviously, we also had some more serious speeches taking place. One dude, I'm blanking on his name, Trav. I'm sure you know where he's like, let's give it up for Russia, shall we? Russia's so oh, amazing. Boy. This guy was batshit. I don't know what the hell happened to these cucks over there on the right who are desperately trying to get the uh, love of Vladimir Putin. I don't mm. know why they like him. I think it's because their mothers didn't hug them enough <laughs> as children. I have a theory, Ben. Can please. I run it by him? Oh, my God. Please, I, Lord. Well, you know, there's still this guy named uh, Donald Trump, former oh, yeah. president. Don't know <laughs> right. if you heard of him. He called Putin a genius last week before like the shooting started and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I believe you and I actually saw him call in live to Laura Ingram to talk about how great everything was going over there in Ukraine. Yes, indeed. And by the way, again, as we pointed out on last episode, nothing greater than monetized war coverage. Exactly right. What war? What is it good for? Absolutely ratings, ratings and money. And that's kind of where I think these uh, CPAC wannabes, you know, a lot of these folks are seeking that Trump approval. A lot of them are candidates. Uh, certainly Ohio Senate candidates were present at CPAC. And I think that might be the crux. That might be the crux of why there's so many Putin lovers and people who say they don't care about Ukraine because Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, and your occasional Fox News guest is still mm -hmm. going on there saying, mm, you know what? Uh, I think Putin's an all right guy. Yeah, and which of course- where we're at. It's absolutely disgusting what he's doing, how he's doing it. And we do have to give some praise to President Volinsky in um, in Ukraine. He is standing his ground. Um, he is definitely um, fighting the good fight. Mm -hmm. And of course, our hearts go out to everyone who has uh, been forced to pick up arms uh, to defend their sovereignty and to defend uh, their livelihood. Because there are people in this country, and for us, it's words. Right. For us, it's just like, this is going to fill some time on a radio show. But for them, it's life and freaking death. That's why when you have someone like a Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon is, I'm sure, one of the reasons why AFPAC 
exists. Of course, let's not forget that Steve Bannon was found hanging out with Chinese oligarchs Mm -hmm. on the yacht after he conned millions or tens of thousands of people off of out of millions of dollars so that he could build the wall, which never happened. He maybe (laughs) built a wall of chicken wings around his bed and then ate his way out like a real American hero. The man's a con man. The man's a total huckster. And he is absolutely disgusting. So when these people use their words, to cheer on someone like Vladimir Putin, they should absolutely be held accountable. Let's play this clip of Steve Bannon talking. Now, this isn't at CPAC. However, this um, sentiment is heavily expressed at CPAC. And this is Steve Bannon attempting to, or he is saying, in an attempt to claim that Ukraine is not a country, which is absolutely and utterly asinine. And in a second, (laughs) I want Travis to tell his Um, What he has learned this week when it comes to Putin and some of the red lines that he had drawn for Ukraine and obviously uh, Ukraine going against Putin's wishes, which you're allowed to do because he is not the ruler of the frickin world, despite the fact that's what he wants to be. We have people like Steve Bannon who are out there trying to undermine the very sovereignty of Ukraine as a nation. Let's just play this clip and it matters because people like this when they speak their words cause other people to have actions and he's just a fat asshole wearing five shirts in a radio studio sitting there uh you know there's a picture of Christ behind him. The only thing Christ like about uh Steve Bannon is his father probably wanted to kill him too. <laughs> so when people like this speak and they say these things they get off easy. They just go to a buffet and people die as we've seen all frickin' week. Let's play Steve Bannon talking about what he thinks of Ukraine. Ukraine's not even a country. It's kind of no, a concept. No. It's not even a country. So when we talk about sovereignty and self-determination, it's just a corrupt area where the Clintons have turned into a colony where you can steal money out of. All right. And again, when it comes to stealing money, just Google Steve Bannon. <laughs> right. Build the wall. <laughs> right. And of course, there is a reason that he was arrested with a bunch of Chinese oligarchs on the on a yacht in the middle of the ocean, perhaps trying to skirt justice. This man is such a con man. But anyway, Trav, when it comes to Ukraine as a nation, which it is, I know it wanted to be a part of NATO. And obviously now it is. But evidently, this is where Putin really got something stuck up his craw. Right. I mean, well, it, it's not officially a part of NATO uh, quite yet. And that that is the red line, essentially, that Putin laid out for the U.S. and NATO and Ukraine back in December 2021, which is, of course, more or less how we got here. These things all started moving about a year ago after Biden had taken office. Obviously, if, as we've pointed out, again, Putin is not very favorable to the past Obama administration, which Biden was a part of. And all those people are now part of the current Biden administration. Mm -hmm. So uh, he was, again, like we had been mentioning, kind of dancing on that red line. But then he also laid out his red line, and that was he did not want Ukraine to join NATO. He didn't want any other ex-Soviet states to join NATO, and he didn't want NATO to continue to send arms to these nations. When the U.S. and NATO rejected these offers in December, I think that's more or less how we got the current Putin that we have. So when you say Ukraine isn't officially a part of NATO, I mean, what's the difference? It's not part of NATO yet. Um, But they are currently 
courting NATO. They want to be part of NATO. NATO obviously is giving them plenty of arms. Europe is right. giving them plenty of support. EU, US, everyone's supporting them. But for all terms and purposes, they are not yet officially part of NATO. Not officially. So Steve Bannon talking about Ukraine and discussing how it doesn't matter if Putin takes it because it's not a country. Oh it's a concept. Now, I remember growing up in America mm-hmm. where we talked about America as an ideal. Uh, right. The idea mm. of the melting pot, the idea of all cultures coming together, almost creating a new Babylon. Mm. Um, not that horrible song, <laughs> which is kind of fun. <laughs> Babylon. Or uh, what uh, Keith Raniere called um, <laughs> Albany, New York, the new Babylon. But that was the whole point of America. It's a concept. It is mm-hmm. uh It was supposed to be a place, a beacon of freedom and hope for the world. And now we're seeing that completely flipped on its freaking head again by these old skin cancer ridden, (laughs) riddled psychopaths. There's another dude named J.D. Vance who uttered a very similar sentiment to Steve Bannon. Now, this matters more than Steve Bannon in many ways. Not that what Bannon says doesn't. But J.D. Vance, he's currently running for Senate. Uh, He's running against another total psychopath named Josh Mandel, who we actually had a chance to read some of his tweets. You can go right there on his Twitter and read them yourself. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's still at it, by the way. He still tweets. He's still at it. And of course, we play that clip of him in a a debate that went off the rails. It was off the rails. Yes, we played that clip. J.D. Vance went off the rails at ZPAC. So there you go. Ohio Senate Republican options. G. Us. Christ, I um, just I can't believe that these are the political options and it breaks my freaking heart for the great people of this country that these are the schmucks uh, that are being put forth as potential senators uh, within the Republican Party. Now, of course, we know where Ohio has gone so far to the red. The primary might very well be the general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll wait to find oh, out. We'll wait to find out. The interesting thing, obviously, we're still dealing with our redistricting process here in Ohio, right. and in much way a lot of the other states are. But you're absolutely right. The Senate, that's your district is the state. So we shall see what happens. Absolutely. So let's play J.D. Vance. He's talking at CPAC, the Rhino AFPAC. Um, <laughs> and let's see what he has to say about people of Ukraine. And then also pay attention to the whataboutism. And then pay attention to, we don't have to focus on that because there's something else going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, I've gotten a lot of flack in the last week because I have the audacity to suggest that before our leaders obsess over a Ukrainian and Russian border 6,000 miles away, maybe they better guarantee the sovereignty of their own country and their own border first. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And the reason I say that is because we have a leadership in this country that is constantly focused on stuff that has nothing to do with hmm. citizens in our country, has nothing to do with serving the middle class citizens of, our, of my state of Ohio or all across this country. And ladies and gentlemen, it's just time to stop. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of being told that we have to care more about people 6,000 miles away than we do people like my mom and my grandparents and all the kids who are affected oh, yeah. by this crisis. Yes, right. It's your mom and your grandparents. That's what that's why we can't care about the people of Ukraine because of your mom and your grandparents. This is the smallest minded idea that you can possibly have. Also, I think it backfired because I didn't realize Ukraine was so close. 
Yeah, <laughs> six thousand. I don't know much about like distance, uh, but six thousand miles. I feel like I can get my Silverado there in a couple of tanks. That ain't the tanks of <laughs> gas. That's not that far away. And of course, when it comes to this interwoven world in which we mm-hmm, live, mm-hmm. between tech corporations, this is not. Ukraine of 1972, which sure may have seemed, uh, seem, well, of course, it was part of the Soviet Union. Right. But it was, right. A, it was a faraway land. Right. Now, again, these things are right in our living rooms and uh, we can see exactly what's happening. And of course, when it comes to our number one export culture, mm-hmm. Ukraine is, you go to Europe. We're going to be in Europe again later this year. It's, it is America. It's just as American as America. There's blonde-haired blue-eyed people there. Exactly. Yeah, like, slightly <laughs> different language barriers. Yeah, yeah. And then you never know if you go into a uh, if you go into a into a fun club. They have some different rules in some places. Just go to Berlin. Okay. <laughs> I think it's I think what you said is really important though, Ben uh Ben. You know, they're they're really not that far away. Just to, just to put it, I mean, they're literally right there, right across the globe. But JD Vance is saying like there's some sort of max capacity for empathy that we can have as Americans. Exactly. That we can't just because something's happening here, you suddenly can't care about. Uh, it just. Bo- it's also bizarre that he chose to say my mother and my grandmother, because if you look at the images and obviously, you know, these are always remember what images were not seen, but mm-hmm. the images that we have seen elderly women covered in blood. Breaks your heart. Right. You saw right. the tank running over that woman uh, in your car. And you're right. like, what the hell are you? Right. Good job, uh, Russian soldiers. You've re- you're really aggressive. You're strong, man. Really getting that country. Ivan, was your mother Russian soldiers who, who drove over that woman with their tank? I would have tickled your toes as a baby. So then you wouldn't <laughs> have wanted to do that. Oh. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Another reason why it matters what's happening 6,000 miles away, not just, of course, the human devastation, the economic devastation, the environmental devastation as well. You can always take that into uh, consideration. Weapons, 6,000 miles is not that far for them. Not anymore. Mm. Putin has nukes. His uh, warmonger minister, the man who lies for him. All day, all. He's the Sean Spicer of Russia. But if Sean Spicer, I guess, wasn't on Dancing with the Stars and actually still had a job in government. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I guess so. Putin has a thing called the Zircon hypersonic cruise missile. Oh, right. So what happens 6,000 miles away can end up on our freaking doorstep. These things don't live in a vacuum. Again, we are intertwined. Uh, in ways, whether they be good or bad, one of the negative ways is the fact we all have weapons that can hit each other's borders. And that's why, J.D. Vance, you 
freaking cuck. That is why <laughs> it matters what happens in Ukraine when it comes to Russia and the invasion. And I would be remiss if I didn't note that as a resident and voter in Ohio that J.D. Vance is seeking the office of Rob Portman, who was part of the Ukraine delegation, who has gone over there, who when Zelensky came to America to beg for weapons and to beg for funding for his military, Rob Portman was on the forefront of getting that job done. In fact, the very money that was promised by Congress to Ukraine that Trump then uh, threatened to withhold from Zelensky on the perfect phone call, that was also led by Portman. So um, it's very interesting to watch these men who are trying to take Portman's job. They are nowhere near what Portman has actually done his last 12 years in the Senate. It also reminds me of people who have been able to speak their entire lives with zero ramifications to their mm. words. Sometimes yeah. you need to get popped in the fucking nose. So if you look at what happened here with Putin's propaganda chief, he threatened 500 nuclear uh, weapons. Mm. He's gonna, We're going to launch 500 of them. We're going to destroy the United States and NATO. It's so over the top that you kind of have to be like, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But it it has like an to X Men villain. It really is. Yeah. But it does have to send a chill. And again, with all of these people at CPAC talking about how we shouldn't care, how can they say that when we have a foreign entity currently in war with a U.S. ally and their propaganda chief has just said they're willing to send 500 nukes our way? If we don't take that serious. I don't know what to tell y'all. And how are they supposed to pretend like we're guarding the southern border and then they have no concern over the fact that, that their lover boy, Vlad, has just threatened to blow up the nation? I think it's because uh, what Vladimir Putin has done goes against everything that Trump and a lot of the Republicans have stood for. I mean, they want their campaign line to be that Joe Biden's America is out of control and that Joe Biden has no control over the southern border. Right. We've heard them right. say that mm -hmm. time and time again, like they want that to be an election year issue. And I want and to I push and, and to that point, Travis, I'm sorry to interrupt just really quick. Just want to instill this again in everybody's minds. There's more people currently incarcerated in America mm -hmm. that cross the border under Joe Biden than there was under Donald Trump. The border is just as militarized, if not more than it was under Donald Trump. The military budget is higher than it was under Donald Trump. And there are more people, immigrants uh, detained under Biden than Trump. So that narrative in itself is wrong. And I hate the fact that it's wrong <laughs> because I disagree with Biden on his policies regarding the border. But mm -hmm. anyway, go on, Travis. Exactly. I mean, to your point, the this Republican campaign issue that they want to run on in 2022 is moot. You're absolutely right. And to further that point, what they are trying to do is, again, be that that anti-war right, that weird anti-war right that got shoved in under Trump. And they're trying to twist it into a pretzel where they don't want to stand for this war. But then it's then they just come across as supporting Vladimir Putin. And as we've talked about on this show we're against the fact that our country has a $768 billion military mm -hmm. budget. We wish our taxpayers' dollars didn't have to go to all that. But at the same time, the U.S. has a responsibility to stand with allies in terms of standing up to bullies. And if we provided funding and weapons, that's one thing. Troops on the ground, no-fly zones, which Zelensky is also asking for, that's obviously a whole different thing. There is a massive difference between wanting to go to war being a war hawk, being someone who is constantly on the aggressive path mm -hmm. 
and being someone who says, I'm sorry, Vladimir Putin is not a genius. You know, there's a <laughs> right, big exactly. difference between right. being like, I don't want to go to war and praising the warmonger as he goes and kills uh, civilians in a 100%. foreign land. Those are two very different things. And at the end of the day, as Travis said, my mom always told me, this is actually oh. true. I'm a big boy. Oh. <laughs> and uh, this is true. My mom used to tell me, I'm a big I'm a big kid. You know, I was a big kid uh, always. And she was like, <sighs> you have to help people. You have to stand up for people. That's why I always had little friends like Travis. Fernando, yeah. you're, you're big enough. <laughs> but my little Travis Irvine's of the world. Like I'm a little, I always had a little posse of little chihuahuas around me, <laughs> both in literal chihuahua and human chihuahua. Um, and I always took that seriously. It's like, I, I'm not going to sit here and uh, allow my friends to be bullied by some asshole because, you know, they can be. And so there's a big difference between being a war hawk and wanting to go in and destroy nations like we did uh, in 02 and 03, going into Iraq, Afghanistan, slightly different story, although obviously the quagmire that it became was completely unacceptable and the way that was handled was absolutely horrible from the beginning, the middle, and the end. Mm -hmm. but there's a big difference between being a war hawk and saying, and then standing up to a dictator who is actively invading a nation that is sovereign. So it is uh, it's such a distortion of reality. And it really uh, it just breaks my heart. It makes me think of your mom was Christian, the yeah. right kind of Christian, the Christian that these people seem to be ignoring. They, that they Well, you now know, Vladimir, uh, this whole Christian the, thing, Vladimir Putin is to Pat Robertson just talked about exactly. it. Exactly. So, you know, the, the Vance here yeah. what talking at CPAC. That's not the Christian thing to say. You're supposed to say you help people. You're supposed to say we have room to help that. Just like your mom said, we help people, Ben. It's uh, the Christian ben, thing to ben do. Ben Kiesel, if I was your mother, I would oh. raise you a small baby and call you a small person. <laughs> so oh. you don't have to stand up for no one. Thank you. Also, of course, it's totally cliche, but all of these people who tout uh, Christianity as their religion, if Jesus came back, they would kill him <laughs> um, because they'd be like, what'd you say? I don't understand. Uh, that's, oh, you're not my Jesus. You're not. I thought you were going to look different. <laughs> Who's that uh, homeless guy out there healing everyone? Uh, I better call the cops. <laughs> Daddy, he's not speaking in English. Uh, he's not speaking better call in English. Better call the cops. On better that call guy. them cops. So... There has been some dissent within the Republican Party when it comes to the J.D. Vance's of the world, and the Donald Trump juniors of the world, <laughs> Donald Trump. Um, there has been some dissent, but I also want to push back a little bit on the Chris Christie's out there. The William Barr's. Mm. William Barr, of course. One of the worst attorney generals in American history. He has a book and he's critical of Donald Trump now. And he says, we have to move on. So he's going to make some money off of that. Ooh. And there's another one. Speaking of large, ineffective lawyers, Chris Christie. He's another person <laughs> who says that he doesn't think that Trump should have called Putin genius. However, mm. again, Chris Christie has openly said and continues to say that if right. Trump ran in 2024, he would vote for him. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're going to still give him the highest compliment right. you can give someone. I a mean, vote. I truly believe this. A vote <laughs> right. of confidence. Power. Power. Yeah. A vote for power is so much more powerful than just saying, I didn't like what you said. But if you're still going <laughs> to vote for him, then who gives a crap what you're saying? Right. And then to your point, throw in another old war hawk that we used to love to hate. And that's 
big old mustache John Bolton. John Bolton. He's been on TV talking about what an idiot Trump was. Trump couldn't even find Ukraine on a map. I bet that's true, actually. I bet that was what the perfect call was about was, okay, first of all, where's your country? Where Where is it? Where, dude, where's where's your country? <laughs> dude, where are you? I don't know. I can't see you. It's a completely valid point. So just going back, just again, just trying to put this in people's brains. It reminds me of sometimes like Ian Coulter doesn't like Trump anymore because he didn't kill enough brown people. Oh. And then people will put on Twitter and be like, I can't believe I agree with Ann Coulter. Like Trump isn't good. It's like, no, you, no. No. No, you stooge. <laughs> Please, God, stop being so binary in your thinking. Please, Lord, <sighs> stop it. When it comes to someone like Chris Christie, the exact same thing. This man, Bridgegate, he should be in prison for Bridgegate. Bridgegate mm-hmm. led to the death, speaking yep. of elder of an uh, elderly yep. woman, when he shut down a bridge because the mayor of a small town didn't support his political mm-hmm. career, even though he won. And again, to point out how at best this country is center right, at this time during Bridgegate, Chris Christie was talking to Oprah and he was seen as like, this is the modern Republican we uh, need. The man is right. a scoundrel. Yeah, but he can still get on Bill Maher, too. And if I was Chris Christie's mother, I would have stopped feeding him so <laughs> I, much food. I gave him two bucks. I fed him a carrots. I, I would have fed him a vegetables and a fruit. Because I think he is such a dickhead because he has never seen his penis. Oh. And I think he would be so much stronger if he knew he had a penis, but he does not know. So he has to act like a dickhead. <laughs> John Bolton, the same way. Now, full disclosure. John Bolton, I actually had a chance to meet him many, many times working at Fox and True Talk, Ben Kissel, True Talk Corner. Oh. He's pretty funny. Oh. John Bolton is actually a pretty funny dude because he was on Red Eye. That was the comedy show I did. Oh, so they right. really get to let loose. Mm-hmm. John Bolton's also a total freaking war hawk. He's probably a war criminal, um, <laughs> but he does have a good sense of humor, doesn't he? <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yeah. But this is John Bolton speaking on Newsmax. And I actually want to give some credit to Bolton because he's not on MSNBC. He's not on CNN. He's He's not not on Bill Maher. He's not on Bill Maher. He's not trying to hawk his book to the left Mm -hmm. because that's what they do when they have an, like the same reason that Tulsi and I'm, I have a love hate with Tulsi, but the reason she goes on Fox news is because that's who's buying her products. Right. Right. MSNBC and CNN, every time someone who worked with Trump has a book out, that's where they go because that's where the market is going to be for anyone who Mm -hmm. wants to read the popcorn that is the hating of Donald Trump, which let's be honest, uh, that's exactly what it is. So John Bolton actually going on Newsmax, which is a hyper right wing network. They'll probably be covering AFPAC in the very <laughs> near future if they didn't already. To me, is that's actually it's not brave because, again, you're just in a freaking TV studio. You can say whatever you want. He's surrounded by armed guards. It's fine. It's not brave. But at the very least, I'm happy he's not. I'm happy he's expressing these views to an audience that doesn't hear these views all the time. Yes, it's important. Right. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. the same. He's doing it on Newsmax. If he did it at CPAC or AFCAP or AFPAC, he would get booed, obviously. Yeah. But with Newsmax, it's just like, well, no more pretzels in the green room. Exactly. And maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit less water or something for your mustache. Uh, also, never feed John Bolton's mustache after midnight. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. It's a great right. one. But, it's a, it's a, but let's play what John Bolton had to say, and I believe him in this case, regarding Donald Trump and just his complete lack of understanding of world affairs. And I couldn't even – and again, I'm not talking about um, – not knowing every place on the map. You get me to the uh, Pacific. You get me to the uh, 
to the east of this country and you got like Maine and New York. I, and I no couldn't idea. pick yeah. none of that stuff. Yeah. I'd be like, it's all Connecticut. <laughs> I don't know. It's Wisconsin <laughs> over here, I think. Right. But I think what this <laughs> quote or what this conversation points out to is a complete and a complete and utter lack mm-hmm. of intellectual intrigue. He doesn't he didn't care. You know, when right you're there. the president, to he be honest, care. your days are like they're they're kind of busy. But you also can look at a map. Mm-hmm. Like those are like whole things you can do. You can have full meetings <laughs> with your chiefs of staff and be like, explain world affairs to me. That's the thing that I don't understand about Trump. Like if I got to the White House and you're the president, the first thing I do is like, tell me everything. And he was just like, <laughs> can I have a diet coke? Yeah, I don't want to go to that meeting. That <laughs> I don't want to go to that meeting. Yeah, it sounds boring. That's, boring. That's right. I remember that that headline from his presidency. He wanted everything on one page. He was a one page guy. <laughs> and it had to be, it truly did have to be in picture form. But anyway, that gets a little cliche, but that is true. I mean, the man is, a, is, for all intents and purposes, a complete dolt. But that does not mean people don't follow him, and that does not mean he does not have power. So let's play John Bolton talking about his experience working with Donald Trump as his advisor regarding Ukraine. In almost every case, the sanctions were imposed with Trump uh, uh, complaining about it, saying we were being too hard. Uh, the fact is that uh, he barely knew where Ukraine was. He once asked John Kelly, his second chief of staff, if Finland were a part of Russia. Uh, it's just not accurate to say that Trump's behavior somehow uh, deterred the Russians. I, I think the evidence is that Russia didn't feel. Let me finish now. Yeah, okay. Didn't feel. Didn't feel that their military was ready. So is is Finland in Russia? <laughs> it is. It's like, like right there. It's like right there. It It, it is. The they touch. Equi- I'm pretty sure they touch. It is the equivalent of going to McDonald's and screaming because they didn't have your chalupa. Oh, my God. It is so. <laughs> Where's my baka blast? Finland is the name of a nation. <laughs> Russia is the name of a nation. So the idea is so stupid that it just makes uh, it, it really it, it makes us all dumber. I, I just we know. are going down a road here that is just uh, absolutely the smoke and the mirrors, the uh, the funhouse approach to American politics. It is just ridiculous, and it ain't fun anymore. Because unlike a funhouse at the carnival, you don't come out of it; you stay in there for freaking ever, and then all of a sudden, that's just what you think reality that's, is. That's new. Life. Look, the only thing I know about Finland is that the people finish what they start. Thank you. That is a pun. And I'm also not president. So You're off you the go. show. You're actually off the show. You're back on. <laughs> Travis, if I was your mother, I would tell you never do joke. Never do joke. No finish no joke. joke. No finish joke. Don't start joke. No finish joke. All right. And just when it comes to CPAC. At the end of each CPAC, again, the pack that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar think are liberal. <laughs> Donald Trump, at the end of each, so anyway, at the end of each thing, they do a thing called a straw poll. Now, the straw mm-hmm. poll, it's obviously symbolic. It's it's reminiscent of what they do in Iowa, the mm-hmm. Iowa State Fair mm-hmm. straw poll. It doesn't necessarily show who is going to win, but it does show momentum. And obviously, CPAC, that's the equivalent of doing a personal Twitter poll and just be like, everyone seemed to really like me. It's like it's not <laughs> real. right? right. This is, these are CPAC constituents uh, and they participate in this straw poll. 
However, it is interesting because we hear about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and we hear about former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And mm-hmm. these are obviously Mike Pompeo. Less Mike Pompeo's very thin now. Very thin. Ooh. Too thin. If I was his mother, I'd tell him to gain <laughs> some weight. Seriously, at Please, some point. Mikey boy. He's Mikey too, my boy. He's too skinny. And he's he not needs real- to get on Chris Christie's diet. That's he, he's at. he really does. And Chris Christie, they need to split the difference is what they have to do. <laughs> Please, boys. <laughs> but it does matter to some degree, not so much with Pompeo, but with DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, of course, Florida governor. And this, of course, event taking place in Florida. A lot of people think he's going to out Trump Trump to the right. Now, in this straw poll uh, at the, that takes place at the end of CPAC, he only got 28 percent. That's DeSantis. And Trump won it with 59% saying that they would vote for Trump, not just in the general, of course, would this matters because this is about the primary. So they said Mm -hmm. that they would support Trump in the Republican primary. So despite all of the just almost satirical opinions that Donald Trump has expressed since being out of office, not the Syria, and of course, we're not even talking about the serious things that happened, such as January (laughs) 6th of last year. Despite all of that, he still has well over 50% of Crazy. CPAC support. It what what would have to ha- what would have to happen for this power block to shift within the Republican Party? As we talked about a little bit regarding like Mitt Romney, who might have a political comeback. Uh, Mitt Romney, to his credit again, he never did join the Trump train. I don't believe, I could be wrong, let me know, but my understanding is that he was always like, I'm sorry, dude, I'm an actual Mormon. I can't be supporting this man. <laughs> but no, Travis, what what, what were you going to say? As close, the closest he got was the meeting where Trump basically brought him in to kiss the ring and said <laughs> it was because he wanted to interview him for Secretary of State, quote unquote, but it was not true. It was right. it was just a way to show Mitt Romney who was boss. Yes. Um, but then, you know, then Mitt Romney went and ran for Senate and won. So there you go. And of course, there's a great uh, the meeting with Donald Trump and Mitt Romney. There was a great meme out there that made it look like it was from The Shining. <laughs> that yeah. was very funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So that's the only Mitt Romney seems like the only person within the Republican Party. And then it also seems like he's gaining some wide uh, support, maybe in the suburbs, you know, maybe that Yunkin coalition that we saw come out in Virginia um, that isn't necessarily super pro uh, Trump, but also when it comes to uh, parents and parental rights and things like that, that's sort of what got them going. So that's the only person I can think of within the Republican establishment that isn't actively allowing 
all of these words to fall on their own deaf ears and saying they'll still support this guy. I don't know. Nothing. I mean, at this point, nothing um, that Trump does or his lackeys, nothing they say will change anything. I mean, it's just a it's a it's a straight up cult. And uh, and as we know, with all cults, they are finite. And I believe this is true as well. Donald Trump's going to be Donald Trump. He's not going to win again. I really don't think so. It's not happening. Vladimir Putin is dead within a year. I you think, think I do. I think this is the this is a suicidal mission. And I think anyone supporting him is going to be politically dead. Oh, yeah. Within uh, within the next couple of cycles. Absolutely. And this is going to reflect horribly on them. This is going to mm-hmm. age. It's going to age like sour cream in the sun. Absolutely. This is not <laughs> going to do well. So enjoy the flavor. Enjoy the little victories now because it's all going to come to an end at some point in the relatively near future. I think of Vladimir Putin the same way I think of Kevin Spacey, but not mm. what you might be thinking. <laughs> the movie American Beauty. Mm. As Kevin Spacey's in the shower to start the film, I have one year left to live. Mm. And that's what happens. Vlad's going to wow. have a bullet in his freaking dome within a year. Trump, it's the exact same thing. These old fogies, they know their time is limited. They know their time and power is limited. And for Putin, he just accelerated that limitation with the invasion of Ukraine. So I don't understand where their political future goes, because if this is uh, where they're at now after, you know, for Trump, after five years of being in power, what would another four years freaking look like? He's just going to straight up be North Korean. Yeah, exactly. What? (laughs) Where does he go? Where does he go? Truly? My right. my my thinking is what's going to happen tonight? What do you think Biden's going to say tonight? That's right. Great. Thank you for bringing that up. So we have the State of the Union coming out now. Of course, by the time you're listening to this, perhaps that has already occurred. What do you think, Trav? What are you expecting for the State of the Union? I mean, as on the heels of what we're seeing now, just to kind of bring it back to Ukraine and some of the civilian attacks, Olina Kirillo, she was the 52-year-old teacher uh, she was bombed in her home. This is one of the images that went viral. And again, it just breaks your freaking heart. And I don't, I mean, yeah. Anyway, we have all of these images. It's just absolutely devastating what's happening. But then at the same time, gas, I just went to Vegas and I'll tell you my struggles. <laughs> um, no. But, you know, gas is up, man. Mm-hmm. Gas is huge. And it's only going to go, this, uh, what we're seeing now is stuff that happened way before this war. I was just reading an article about how it's p- possible that a uh, that uh, toothpaste could go up to $10 a tube. Oh, wow. Which is insane. Wow. You're going to start seeing parents be like, you bet. I'm watching you. <laughs> right. Pea-sized. Pea-sized. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> the backdrop of the economy. Again, maybe Wall Street's doing great. And mm-hmm. what do we know about war? There's a lot of money in it. So mm-hmm. perhaps there's some good thing. There's some corporate upside. But when it comes to the American people, who I think agree with Biden for the most part, most of Americans agree with Biden on his um, opposition to Putin. I really I, I, I yeah. do believe that. That's according to polling. As a matter of fact, Biden's his numbers are up. Yeah. He's all the way up to 44 percent approval rating. <laughs> He's popular now. <laughs> so what do you think, Traff, between what's happening with foreign policy and then we have these domestic issues? How does he toe this line in the State of the Union? Well, a, a couple of points come to mind because you're absolutely right. We obviously recorded our last episodes before the shooting had started in Ukraine. And since then, I agree with you that Vladimir Putin has 
overstepped his boundaries. He saw the red line. He jumped right over it. Many people have expressed with great surprise the amount of military he put into Ukraine, the the breadth of their attack and mm-hmm. invasion of the country. A lot of people weren't sure if that would happen. But after it did happen, right, The Economist has their mm-hmm. cover of uh, Vladimir Putin painting himself into a corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and mm-hmm. I were watching Fox News and their correspondents straight up said, I think Vladimir Putin just lost this war. I mean, he really, it's going to make it so hard, to your point, about Trump and the other people seem to not understand what's happening with what Putin is doing. It's going to be very hard to defend Putin anymore. And going forward, I don't know if he'll have a bull in his dome, but I certainly think he could end up like uh, that that Panamanian dictator, uh, mm. some of the the war crimes folks who who went to the tribunals out of the Kosovo war. I mean, he's a hundred percent overstepped his bounds. And what we've talked about on this show is, and Ben, you and I looked at each other once the shooting started, and we were watching mm-hmm. it on Fox News at, live as it happened. I was like, why would he do this? And you were like, because he's got China behind him. We've talked about the BRICS, Mm -hmm. the aspect of BRICS and the new world order that Russia and China are kind of jointly seeking. But even then, I was reading an article uh, in the Associated Press that China's only going to bring in maybe a couple more hundred billion of dollars of trades and exports with Russia, especially Mm -hmm. in terms of gas. Again, that's Russia's main commodity. And China may be afraid to risk their relationship with the West because they have a trillion dollar trade with the EU mm-hmm. and the US. Right. So this is interesting because even China is saying now, keep in mind before the Olympics, Xi Jinping had Putin right there in the booth with uh-huh. them at the opening uh-huh. ceremony. But even now, China's their official line is we support them solving this crisis diplomatically. And they're referring to Russia and Ukraine. So all very interesting points that have happened since then. To your point, though, about the State of the Union, how does this impact us here? You're absolutely right. Americans, and you know, maybe this kind of touches on what some of the Republicans are saying when they say they don't care about Ukraine, but Americans are dealing with bread and butter, kitchen table issues. And that is part of the problem that's going to happen now as we see a real gas squeeze nationwide and internationally because of all the sanctions going on with Russia, all the economic impacts that are going to happen. The interesting thing for me is that um, Biden, as we talked about, war, what is it good for? Absolutely ratings. Uh, Joe Biden's Mm. approval rating is up. It's up since the war started in Ukraine. So that gives him a little bit of momentum going in to the speech tonight. But also watch for people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Paul Gosars, your Thomas Massey's, watch for them to just skip the whole State of the Union altogether. Right. And if that's the case, then I think you can count on a lot of applause breaks and standing ovations for old Joe. I and think, you can almost hear their bones creaking now as they try to stand. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's a lot of old Democrats. It's a lot of old. Putin wants Biden to address him. I think that's one of the biggest things that's been happening is Biden yeah. has yet to literally talk to Putin directly. And I think Putin is just, he. everything he's been doing is, I think, a lot of it to try to get Biden's attention. So it's going to be hard how Biden has to, Biden has to address it tonight. He has to address the gas issue. He has to address the, the swift payment sanctions. He has to address the fact that, you know, Russia imports gas and, I'm sorry, exports gas yeah. and metals, toothpaste. He has to address it. But how does he do it without giving Putin kind of the the attention that he wants. Yeah. Is that no, right. It's a totally no, valid point. 
I agree with you, Fernando. Yeah, because he also wanted NATO's attention. Again, remember, he wanted to make these demands. And when he didn't get them, he put himself Putin, in this position. Yeah. Yeah. Putin, right. Yeah. yeah, Putin. When Putin didn't get what he wanted, that's how he ended up where we are now, where he's literally just killing innocent civilians. And that is a bad look for anybody. Absolutely. And it could get much worse for Putin if the ICC, the International Criminal Court, uh, which was established in 2002, does determine that he has committed war crimes, such as, uh, you know, genocide, war crimes, crimes against humanity, uh, and crimes of aggression. Now, in my personal opinion, he already has, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't seem as if he's delineating between war targets, military targets, and And civilians. civilians. So you Mm -hmm. go in there and start killing civilians, that's a war crime Mm -hmm. right off the tip. So Mm -hmm. that's another area that, again, this won't age well, and everyone who uh, is pretending like what he's doing is valid or reasonable or proper. It's all going to look horrible uh, because Putin is definitely already committing war crimes and it's only going to get worse again as his back uh, gets further and further against the proverbial wall. And it wouldn't just be against other foreign governments. It'll be within his own country as well. There is a large amount of Russians going outside Mm -hmm. protesting the attacks. You have uh, the Russian economy is about to get so much more isolated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of to the point of just, you know, people like Bernie Sanders, who, again, not pro-war in any of the sense, but he's like, what Putin is, is an oligarch and he's surrounded by billionaire oligarchs and he's very isolated. So in his mind, he probably thinks this is correct. But to the... Every other day, average Joe anywhere else in the world, all we see is a war with innocent people getting killed. And of course, Bernie Sanders being uh, Jewish and Zelensky being Jewish. uh, These are people who have an understanding of historical abuse. Personal experience. Personal experience, familiar experience. And they're both descendants of Holocaust survivors. Their families were in the Holocaust. And they understand, yeah. right? Putin has gone in and saying he's killing Nazis. Right. It could not be further from the right. truth. Right. If anything, Zelensky, his family survived the Nazis. Bernie Sanders' families survived the Nazis. They both, both Zelensky and Bernie Sanders, were Jewish men with TV shows as well. But in <laughs> oh, this case, yeah. uh, Bernie Sanders was interviewing people on the street in Burlington, Vermont, and Zelensky was playing the piano with his dick. I so. did like that footage. <laughs> I oh, like my. them both. I like the cut of their jibs. Yeah. I, I mean, it's important. During World War II, Russia played a huge part. You know, it was one of the reasons we were successful, that we were able to defeat the Nazis. So I guess I could see why Vladimir goes about that angle. But no, it's, not that was that was totally different because Stalin, they the Stalin and Hitler, there Stalin was just like, but you were mean to me. I can't believe you were mean to me, man. So all of that stuff was hyper personal. They don't give a flying shit about the humanitarian crisis um, regarding anyone other than themselves, because that is just the way that people like Stalin, Hitler, Putin, people like this just don't have any ability to empathize with others. Right. Which is what we talked about. It's the most important thing that even CPAC is lacking empathy. It's everything, mm. everything. It's Craft the- services? <laughs> I don't think so. A lot of Chick-fil-A, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, just lastly, what do we have as a country? Culture. Uh, yep. And we export culture. Mm-hmm. So this might be the beginning of the beginning of the end of the <gasps> war. Batman. You- the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. Oh, no. Was it Robert Pattinson? Yes. He's hunk. He's, He's from Twilight. Hunk. I didn't watch Twilight. I think they're all children. Mm. <laughs> He's the Batman. Mm, the, I like that. From vampire to bat, he went in reverse. Yes, he went in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They will. Don't worry, though. Hollywood's on it. 
They have said they're not going to release the Batman in, in Russia. Oh, th- so it's going to end the war. You think it could end the war <laughs> because you think these people protesting Putin right now, you think they're mad now. And then all of a sudden they you can't see Robert now. Pattinson. Batman, they can't oh, see the Batman. Buddy. And that's why I'm thinking Putin's got a bolt in his dome because people <laughs> are just going to need to see what the Dark Knight's all about. They're not going to release the next MCU movie there. Oh, Dude, no. if you start doing that stuff. <laughs> For, oh, and you got a muni. Even Xi Jinping is like, we better give the people Marvel. <laughs> Truly. If we don't give them Marvel, I no longer have power. So the culture war uh, is another uh, aspect of this. Of course, you know, Warner Media, <laughs> this is, it's also kind of like, Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you. This is according to a Warner Media spokesperson. They said, in light of the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine, Warner Media is pausing the release of its feature film, The Batman in Russia. We will continue to monitor. The, we will continue to monitor the situation as it evolves. And they say, we hope for a swift and peaceful resolution to this tragedy. So, oh, Warner oh Media, Warner Media yeah. is on it. Oh, wait, hold on. And then they put out another statement saying, uh, we're not nervous about the profits we're losing in Russia off of the movie because we're about to monitor going to taste the shit out of CNN in the war. <laughs> Here we go. That's another valid, valid point. Oh, man. If I was Batman's mother, <laughs> I wouldn't have been shot. I would have dodged the bullet. I would have dodged oh, the bullet. No. Oh, man. So and my son will not be a bat. He'd be a boy. He'd be a boy. He'd be a boy. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. That's just what's happening on in our country. Obviously, this whole thing is so big. It's so vast. Um, you know, keep keep up to date on it. Our hearts go out with everyone struggling in Ukraine. Uh, we support the people of Ukraine. And as Travis and myself and Fernando, none of us are hawkish. None of us are pro-war. But I will always be pro-defending people mm-hmm. who are being bullied and being massacred by a total and utter tyrant. We will stand with the people of Ukraine. Putin deserves a bullet in his head. The day that he dies will be a great day. And uh, anyone who supports him politically, uh, the day that they are no longer politically in power will also be a great day. And mark my words, it will happen. This too shall pass uh, because it must. Paul Gozer, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Steve Bannon, um, Everyone else we've discussed just in uh, in this hour alone or a couple, you know, 50 minutes or so alone, those people are going to have a day of reckoning. Mm-hmm. And in America, we do it at the polls. So vote. Mm. So freaking vote. And lastly, speaking of polls, there's an mm. ex-stripper and she's running for Congress in Philadelphia. And her, and her her name is Alex, Alexandra Hunt. And uh, she says... Electos. She's a 28-year-old yep. leftist. She's running for Congress in the city's third district. The On the last episode, I believe that woman was a Republican running mm-hmm. for oil commissioner mm-hmm. in Texas. Train, she, uh, train commissioner. Train commissioner. Mm-hmm. Railroad. Um, railroad, yes. Thank you. So I'm happy to see these women out there Woo-hoo. embracing the power of the pussy. I guess that works. <laughs> so anyway, Alexandra Hunt, uh, she is not shying away from her former career as a stripper, and nor should she. Uh, you got to make that money somehow. And uh, certainly it is a, a creative exploit in its own right. Mm. So she says, um, 
And she's also a uh, she's also a University of Richmond graduate. She says, as I prepared to enter the political world as a candidate, I made promises that I would not leave anyone behind and that I would be honest about my experiences, including my time working as a stripper during college. I worked as a stripper during college to pay bills, but I feared the stigma of this work so much that I kept it a deeply buried secret. Do not keep it a secret. You did exactly what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're a conservative uh, a liberal, whatever. Like she did it, man. Like she got herself through college. Mm-hmm. She got, and you know the nice thing is you get paid to exercise oh. when you're a stripper. That, that, oh, dude, wow. oh. we know people that do rope work and pole. That shit is no mm-hmm. freaking joke. It's athleticism. So anyway, check her out if you are in Philadelphia, Alexandria Hunt, and buy one of her shirts. It just says elect hoes, and why the hell not? I'm um, <laughs> I, I think it's great. Like there's. All the people that we just listened to, uh, they don't have any shame. Right. You know, mm-hmm. there's no shame in Trump, Trump Jr. None of these freaking Steve Bannon. And when they should, they Steve should Bannon, really have oh, shame. He was a cheesy Hollywood producer. <laughs> uh. All of his movies sucked. No shame. <laughs> so you should have no shame at all for doing what you got to do to pay the bills, to get through college. And as someone who goes to strip clubs, thank you for your freaking service. And mm-hmm. I am not ashamed of uh, of anyone, as long as everything is done safely, of age, with consent, and um, everyone's just having a good time. We this, this country is so puritanical. Mm-hmm. It's so so, uh, and it's only going to get more Mormon. I have a feeling. <laughs> I'm with Mitt Romney. <laughs> you won't find but, him yeah. in a strip club, that's for sure. It's like it's like the best we can do is like someone who's not a fascist war criminal. Uh, <laughs> it's a great great. I'll take yeah. it. Hey, look, strippers have been providing public services for years, so it's Absolutely. only natural that they run for office. I Absolutely. Love it. As they deserve. They are constituents and uh, mm-hmm. people in this country who uh, deserve to have their voices heard. And best of luck to all those people out there running for office right now trying to save this imperfect union. We'll try to do the best we can to, uh, you know, make it the best it can be. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned a little bit. God knows. And laughed. And you know what, everyone? Jokes, if jokes. I was your mother, I'd give you a hug right now. I'd give you a hug and I'd say, you want some borscht? <laughs> oh. Hey, you want your favorite borscht? I heated uh-huh. it up for you. And you'd be like, you're horrible, mom. It's supposed to be cold. <laughs> and if I was your mother, I would throw it on you. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen Gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. 
Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.